What is up, Craft Beer Hustlers family, and welcome to episode four of the Craft Beer Hustlers podcast. This episode is going to be a little different than we've had it in a little past weeks, and since we've had it since week one, this episode is just going to be me and Johnny alone. We have some great conversations with the new COVID times, Massachusetts entering phase two. We finally talk about casinos opening back up, even though they've been open up for almost a month now in Connecticut, and some other interesting stories that we feel like we haven't been able to touch on recently, and we're so excited to share all of these with you guys. So without further ado, buckle on in for episode four. Johnny, it has been three weeks. I think since we last talked in this platform and I think this is the only appropriate way to bring us back into it. Uh, I'm going to share a tab with you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And we back, and we back. Hey, this ain't no intro. It's the entree. Hit that intro with Kanye. I sound like Andre. Trying to turn my baby mama to my fiance. She like music, she from Houston, like Auntie Yonce. Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother. If she ever find another, you better love. We're done. We're done with that. But Thanks we are the show. We are back. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the show, folks. Thanks for coming in and joining us for 48 seconds. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Now, so Johnny, episode four, Craft Beer Hustlers, back with just the hustlers. How are you feeling? This is like we haven't talked to each other like on Google Meet in some time. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to be. Ba- I'm already drunk, guys. Holy shit! <laughs> it is exciting to be back. Uh, first of all, shout out to Chance, huge Chance the Rapper fan. Uh, so I'm I'm into that. Uh, no, it's great. It's been uh, obviously uh, a wild couple weeks for everyone, uh, in which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, so it's been exciting. It's been exhausting. It's been energizing. It's been um so so many different things but i mm-hmm. through it all have been very thirsty and i'm excited to have a beer or, or two or three <laughs> while we do this yeah absolutely so this week there's a lot going on this week uh massachusetts specifically has opened up into phase two um we've seen a lot of other places um start to crop up restaurants breweries tap rooms but also down in connecticut they've been going gung-ho since the beginning of june to open back up the casinos so we're going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about the beer gardens and if you have been paying attention to our instagram we have been getting uh some wild and crazy voicemails from our (laughs) our good buddy sully um who currently is our our masked masked man we don't know who he is but he's the number one fan of the show though yeah number one fan and certainly a treat so Again, as we start off every single show, Johnny, what do we do? We talk about the beers we're drinking. And uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go first because I liked how you said you're already drunk. I am actually drinking an athletic brewing company, Run Wild. And I will tell you, this is a non-alcoholic IPA. You're fired. (laughs) A non-alcoholic nope. IPA? No joke. I've got another beer. I've got another beer here. It's um all citra everything. So it's the Trillium edition of the other half formula with their yeast. So it is it is sitting on the side. But my cousin gave this to me honestly. And I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Like you think non-alcoholic, you think O'Duels and stuff like that. This is actually pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. It has nothing to do with that it has no, or that I think it like tastes like shit, or, you know, I'm not judging you for drinking, but I guess I kind of am, because like we have a brand to uphold, um, 
This isn't the craft sober hustlers <laughs> or the craft water drinkers. Like, I, I was that ever put beer, out? Wait, was that ever put out in it? I never said non-alcoholic beer whenever, whenever we ran trailers or anything. <laughs> exactly, you did. You never said non-alcoholic beer. So, like, I don't all know. Right, I mean, right. we don't want to. We don't want to crucify a certain segment. We want to welcome you all, which we do. So, our, all our non-alcoholic hustlers out here, we hear you. We see you. What's up? Well, I just want to say Athletic Brewing Company, if you want to bring us down, I'm super interested to figure out how you guys make this thing. Because this is, honestly, there's only one, like, time while drinking this that I can tell that it's non-alcoholic, and it's on the back end. It's kind of like that weird, like, carbonated, like, seltzer water, like, weird taste. That's the only time I get it. But it's, like, super hoppy. Like, there is still maltiness to it. Pretty, pretty dang good. All right, so, all right, all right. What do you got, Johnny? I'll let it slide this time. I am actually, which it's funny that you said that. We got to start coordinating these beers, man, because people are just going to think we are <laughs> rubes. Uh, I also have a beer from Trillium today. I am currently drinking a vicinity. Uh, went to Trillium to pick up some beers uh, for a friend's birthday. Did a beer share with my girlfriend's friend. We're going to send some out to her. So uh, obviously kept a couple for myself. Very good. Always a huge fan of vicinity. Um, those who are listening to the podcast that actually know me know that I'm not the, uh, the biggest fan of Trillium and I will leave it there. Don't want to piss anyone off. Um, but vicinity, very, very delicious. Got a little bit, uh, I mean, a lot of haze here, super juicy. Uh, I think it's what 8%, but maybe tastes about five if that. So, um, really enjoying it right now. So yeah, one, was- one point up for Trillium right now at this point. Those are dangerous. Yeah, me. the reason why I have the All Citra Everything is because my cousin, and even this athletic brewing, um, my cousin gave me All Citra Everything, a, a can of Big Bird, and this uh, athletic. And I'm pretty sure if my parents had to look at those three cans in their refrigerator any longer, they were going to string me up <laughs> by my toes. But that won't last very long. So me and Johnny, the two of us, are about to be moving around. So... I don't know how that's going to affect the schedule of the craft beer hustlers. Um, I know it's a, a big announcement for week four, but um, we are going to try and keep everything as kosher as possible and to the schedule as possible. But Johnny and I are Johnny ha- and and his girlfriend have made quite the investment. I've let my girlfriend make her investment, but I'm just moving in and on for the wild ride. You got you got a new landlord. Exactly. At least they're not Craigslist. At least they're not on uh at least they're not my parents anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta step up someday. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, so starting off the show, Johnny, you said you had some uh, some casino talk. Uh, oh, yeah. But like I said, at the start, Foxwoods started opening up on June 1st. The other casinos definitely followed suit. Um, and Johnny, you had some news about Mohegan Sun. Why don't you lay it on us? Okay. So listen, um, Coronavirus, no joke. Um, haven't been to a casino. I really haven't been out to a public area besides like a park or a field or a beach in in a long time. So I'm kind of getting the itch, but I'm also, um, you know, I, I have people in my life who are, uh, you know, a little on the immunocompromised side. So I try to be as responsible as possible. So it's fine in that medium. But um, <laughs> I got a text message from the old friend, Michael Foxen. What's up? How you doing today, buddy? Uh, got a, or a text, I should say, about an email that he had sent me. Um, I actually just fucked that. I had too much to drink before this, Dan. I <laughs> fucked up that whole story. I got a text of an email that Mohegan's son sent to him. <laughs> and so I've said this a couple of times that I'm very excited to see kind of what casinos do to get people back in. Right. They've lost a ton of money, especially around this area where we're we are not uh, opening as rapidly or as liberally as other pe- uh, places are. Uh, so I, I, I'm very interested to see because I get a handful of, uh, you know, perks and benefits from Encore, from Foxwoods, from Mohegan Sun, because I, I frequent those places. Um so I'm always curious to to see what we're going to get, um, especially in a time like this. And so my buddy sent me a, a picture of from Mohegan Sun, uh, an email they'd sent him. It's an email that you get fairly regularly. If, if you know what I'm talking about, it'll be 
kind of the discounts or the the benefits that you're going to get if you go every single month. And this one was the calendar for the hotel rates. Um, and, and I'll post this to the Instagram for you guys so you can take a look too. Uh, it's a calendar of every day and the rate of the hotel rooms uh, at uh, what they would be that day if he were to book. Um, when you see the picture, you're going to notice some consistencies on most of the days because Sunday through Thursday of the entire fucking month of July, Mohegan Sun is offering him a free room. And on <laughs> Friday nights, he has to pay $99 a night. Hook, line, and sinker. Just pull, pull, pull them in. I I have it's made me question all my morals. My girlfriend and I have gotten into a couple like heated discussions about what we should and shouldn't be doing during this. I got that email and I immediately I was like, "Well, fuck it. I'm a fraud. We're going to Mohegan Sunday through Wednesday because I can work from home. So I'll just stay up there. I'll work all day. I'll stay in the room. I'll come down, I'll throw some dice and you know, we'll come back Friday night so we don't have to spend the 100 bucks." I don't think she liked that idea. No, it doesn't sound like she probably would. I know uh, my girlfriend would definitely not like that idea. So (laughs) I can only imagine yours. Um, I mean, you just got to think about like how much money people spend at these places. Or if they're these hotels are nothing to shake a stick at. Like these are mm -hmm. nice rooms. These cost money to make. Like how much money they make from rubes like me. And sorry, like you, Mike, because you got the email. (laughs) <laughs> but, but like how much money they make off us to just give us hotel rooms for like 22 nights a month. Like I get that you've been closed, but I think that's absolutely insane. And very fascinating to think about how much money they make off of all of us. I'd say it makes yeah. me rethink how I spend my time at casinos. And I wish that were true, but it's definitely not. No, I think it's just you because you're thinking about it now during COVID where you're literally not going to the casinos. You do not have an option to not go to the casinos. Like you, you literally can't. Um, with it though, comes the whole. We have to pay attention to what, like the, the protocols are. Like how are we treating? How are we sanitizing? And um, we had meant to talk about this a while back, but as a lot of people that follow me on Instagram know, I went on a cruise in March. And the sanitization processes were kind of crazy on the boat. Right. Like, it, this was like right when it started. Like you came back like right after lockdown or something like that, right? Yeah. Like the day when everyone was like May uh, or March 13th was the day that everything shut down. I was like, what's up, baby? I'm back. <laughs> it's March 14th. What's everyone up to? Yeah. And then, it, and, uh, yeah, no, I came back after that. Um, I'm so sorry, we you're are, lucky they let you back in the country. You know, I've been getting that a lot lately, especially I've, after a cruise. Yep, yep. You should have thrown your ass in a bubble. Well, Miami literally was just like, "See you guys later. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> like, just get out of here." So they should have, definitely should have. But I mean, I never got sick. My family never got sick. So hopefully, like fingers crossed, if I did get sick. We were all asymptomatic, yeah. so that's that's the only hope. But with the casinos on board, it's going to be crazy to think about. Like, I know not a ton of people are going to be going back, but they were making us sanitize our hands every time we got in. Like, they had isopropyl alcohol. We'd stick out our hands. They'd spray our hands. have to wipe them down. Um, if you were playing craps, they'd then um, sanitize all the dice which the dice would stick stick together all the time. Um, Cheaters. Yeah, exactly. Setting those Uh, dice. That's when I started losing a lot. Yeah. Um, All of the decks of cards were sanitized. They were sanitized. Not alcoholic my ass. (laughs) I think it's got like (laughs) 0.05%. I'm not really sure. Um, But yeah, they were... um, they were sanitized. Oh my god, you made me do it again. I'm sorry, um, I didn't. Make they sure. were clean. The cards were clean. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It was just super, super interesting. Like I've been seeing those bubbles. Like was it Florida initially when they were opening back up at the poker tables? They had the bubbles. I just think it's all all kind of weird. 
Yeah, I mean, so I, it's tough. Obviously, you're not allowed to have like phones or well, cameras and stuff and take pictures in casinos. So it's tough to, you know, without going to see what's going yeah. on. Um, I've seen some pictures. Yeah, the one I think you had I sent to you or you sent to me at the poker table. So one thing is I think that poker rooms aren't opening. That's one of the things that's kind of being left behind mm-hmm. uh, because of the frequency at which you're touching the deck and you're not really swap. You're swapping out two decks back and forth. And so yeah. I think you'd have to swap out. You'd have to you'd have to have so many decks in rotation that I think it's just probably not feasible. Yeah. Um, but also those like partitions aren't feasible. You could only have like four people at a table. No one's going to these casinos to play four handed poker. Um, no. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, st- it's, it's really difficult. Not that, you know, blackjack and craps and whatnot isn't difficult, but. Yeah. Um, well, I can say that, uh, that my, so there was a kid that I kind of grew up with. Uh, our dads worked together and his parents just moved down to Florida. So he ended up following them down there. He's been getting big into, into poker before he left. Uh, he's on an Instagram account and everything. And Florida doesn't care. Florida is just like coming, coming and play. But that's why we've seen a spike in uh, Corona cases down there. But that's, yeah. that's another conversation for another day. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? So, I mean, it's like the, you can sanitize wherever you want, but the chips, right? You think about chips and that's like, everyone's just touching this there's not enough chips on the planet yeah. where you can like safely rotate them out like everyone's touching them and i read uh you, i don't even remember where it was but there was one casino where you bought into the craps table and then you laid your uh they gave you like a rack for your chips you laid it in front of you or they laid it in front of the closest dealer to you at the craps table and then you just verbally bet and the dealers would place your bet so no one was touching chips except for the dealers but Which, then the deal, how do you, how do you feel about that though? I mean, it's it's boring that way. I mean, like yeah. whatever. Like there are some people, and so I, I I read this, and my immediate thought was, there's still just a large number of people that are just like, I don't give a shit. Like I need it. Here I come. Yeah. Right. And that's those, very true. Those are your like top notch degenerates. What I aspire yeah. to be one day. Um, <laughs> but like you like. I feel like my thought is if I have to do so many of these things or if you have to do so many of these things for me to be able to come in, like that doesn't make sense. Like we're not, it's not worth it to me. Like I'm not gambling enough money, which means I'm not winning enough money for that to be worth it. Um, But yeah, so it's interesting to see what everyone's doing and and the different types of of things. But then I also think it's super interesting to see the people, what people will go through to kind of get into these situations. And it's just fascinating. Well, here's the thing that that I I'm not a big I am a I love oh geez I love craps I have been getting more into blackjack. Do I need them? No, not so much. If I want action, this is what I think we need: the Hustler Boys. We need Twin River to open that sports book back up six feet apart and let us bet on some soccer, and then I'll I'll be okay. Dude, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I would, I still don't, even if I'm like 10 feet from you, I don't want to be in the same inside room. You want to pitch a tent? Yeah. In like Twin Rivers parking lot and let me watch on my phone? Like, yeah, maybe I'll go hang out with you guys. Actually, that would be, that's the million dollar idea right there. It's dirty as shit as it is. (laughs) Like, it's just like, and I'm no, by no means a germaphobe, but now that this Mm -hmm. is happening, it makes me think like, I touch so much shit. Yeah. That other people yeah. touch. And it's just like that's it's it's infuriating because it yeah. makes me it's infuriating because it makes me sad. Because I just want to go back so bad. But I literally think you just came up with a million dollar idea to open up a sports book literally outside. The sports why, tent. Yeah, why don't we have that? Like because we don't have the phones. Because we can't you can go it. sit out on the patio and just and just gamble. Sports I think we do have that. Bet. That's called Bovada. I guess you could, yeah. <laughs> We can just we can just find a, a stream of something on Reddit, <laughs> and then just go sit on a patio somewhere in Boston and just yeah, call it a day. I would do that. <laughs> doesn't sound like a bad idea to it me. Doesn't. I'm, I'm in on it. Let's do it. <laughs> I actually, right. I'm, I'm I'm not done yet. So. Okay, yeah, I'm not done. My mom is yep. a huge and avid bingo player. Which mm-hmm. my mom is young. She's like how old am I? She's like 52. Yep. She's young. Sometimes sometimes bingo is just injected into the veins. So this is the thing. 
she told me a while back she's like yeah i found this person who like live streams on like facebook lives bingo and she's like i'm playing that and i'm like you fucking wonder Are why you kidding me yeah so i'm scrolling through facebook last night and because she's in live i get a notification that's like laura's hunt in a facebook live so i click it this shit isn't even bingo so what it is is they the bingo like card like the master card if you've ever been yeah. to bingo it goes left to right it goes b-i-n-g-o and then all the numbers like super long across so what they do is all the numbers in b is like the start of the number so it's like one through whatever i, I could look it up and what she does is she pays this person who's running it which they take a vig so we missed out on that too we should be running this and then what it is oh is God. like so say her number is six so yeah. whatever that row is that the number six starts so it's like b6 i whatever n whatever g whatever o whatever like that's the bingo like that's all it is like if all five of your numbers in your row come up first you win so these games go by in like 45 seconds and so she's flipping through this book like the person running it and there's like a buy-in for like 500 bucks there's a buy-in for like 100 bucks and so i text my mom and i'm like what? Listen, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how much are you paying? Like, how much are you paying for this? How much money have you blown on this? But then I started to think, if I'm just gonna spend like you know, a hundred bucks playing poker, fifty bucks playing poker, this is kind of exhilarating. It's pretty fast pace. I should just fucking <laughs> do this instead. <laughs> so now I'm like, am I? Have I been doing it wrong this whole time? Like, one, should I start my own fucking virtual bingo ring? But then two, if I'm not going to do that, like I, I got to hop in on this action because I'm a degenerate. Dude, we got to figure out a way to like make like pony races on Facebook. But instead of like ponies, we get like frogs. We'll just make them jump down a track. There's a YouTube TV make... for like marble racing. Yeah, I have heard about that. I heard about that recently and people were going nuts over that. I mean, it's uh, it's something. You know, they say some people, some people in uh, in hard times, either either they make enough excuses or they become billionaires. So, I mean, fingers I crossed. I think we're making too many excuses there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to ask me what happened to all my money, and I'm just going to have to tell them that I lost it all playing virtual bingo during a pandemic. But there was that one time I won a thousand bucks. If I ever won a thousand dollars doing that, I would shit myself. <laughs> I'd quit. I'd quit gambling for a whole day week what i don't know but i'd be pretty stoked oh boy all right well you got something we got we got sully coming up enough of this bingo bullshit bingo bullshit if you got more bingo if you got more bingo if you got more sports book let us know your stories hit us up on anchor.fm slash craft beer hustlers we've got the voicemail segment uh coming up and we will play your voicemails just like we're about to play our boy, our boy Sully. Uh, this guy sends us voicemails via Anchor. He sends us voicemails via Gmail. He's just the jack of all trades for us. He straight up emailed us this week, which I thought was uh, very telling because we don't know who Sully is. Sully has not showed himself, but we know that Sully can email. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to jump into this real quick. Sully's email address. Should I put it on blast right now? Probably not. Uh, I'm gonna leave out the at. Uh can I I'm just gonna blow him up. Fuck it. Okay. His his email address is beer boobs bros. Like what? Sully, who are you? I need to know everything about you. I want you to be yeah. my friend. I want beers, boobs, and bros with you. Alright, Sully. I just want you to know if you're listening right now. I uh, I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Keep emailing us. You have the best email I've ever seen. Um, and with that, I think, do we want to just dive into to this voicemail right now? Head first. Let's go. All right. Here we go. I'm going to pull it up here. Did I do the right thing? I think you brought up the right one, yeah. All right. Here we go. Craft Beer Hustlers, how you doing? I hope everybody is safe <laughs> and healthy. I'm calling in today. I need your help. I have found myself in a debate 
and I need you to solve this. <laughs> I found myself at Total Swamp Brewery. You might be saying, what were you doing down at Total Swamp? Well, I was taking a tour at a different brewery. I'm not going to name names. Apparently, it is discouraged to tell the tour guides that it's bullshit. That you only get two samples and a little rinky-dink glass. But if I go to Harpoon, I get all the beer I want to get me loaded. So they kicked me out of Sam Adams. I walk down the street and go to a tool store. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm drinking a cup of Kolsch. This kid walks in, looks at me, looks at my beer. Goes, Ooh, that should be in a stronger. I turn to him and go, what the fuck do you say to me? He throws up a little hand sign, a waffle fry thing. Proper glassware. Turn to the bartender. I said, what the fuck? I got all these ideas swimming around in my head, all this knowledge, because I just came back from the toilet with Adams, like fish in the aquarium. Shout out to my my niece, Duana. She feeds the penguins at the Maryland Aquarium. I turn to him and I say, you ever have a Boston lager? He shrugs at me. Oh, my God. I said, you know Sam Adams? May he rest in peace. Spend millions of dollars making a scientific vessel. To drink your Boston lager in? You ever have a Boston lager in one of these scientific vessels? You're me. I say, you, you gonna tell me that your Boston lager in this scientific vessel is better than me drinking a Boston lager at Fenway Park in the bleachers, 2004, game four, ALCS, Dave Ortiz, it's a walk-off home run. You're gonna tell me that the vessel I'm drinking my Boston lager in makes it taste any different at that moment? It's better at Fenway Park. This kid picks up his growl and pops up back on his bicycle backs. Goes off on his way to Cambridge, wherever he came from. Turn it apart. So fuck is this shit? This point. So I'm asking craft beer hustlers, what are we doing? We drinking beers and snifters and tulip glasses. Nonix. What the fuck is a teku? Or... Cover your ears, baby Pedro Martinez. You're drinking from the can like some kind of monster or savage or whatever. So what are you doing? How are we drinking our beers? Say hi to your mothers for me. <laughs> I, I, we listened to the first 20 seconds about three times. I've listened to this voicemail about five times. Probably more than that. I die every time... I fucking hear this thing. I die. I just... Oh. The fact that he tells baby Pedro Martinez to cover his ears. <laughs> so I think if we... Okay, before we really dissect this voicemail... Yes. I want to I wanna take some contextual clues, some context clues about who the fuck Sully is. Okay. So he hates Cambridge, which, on board with that, Sully. Love you, mean it. <laughs> fuck Cambridge. Uh, um, so then... Was he at Fenway in 04 drinking a beer? If he was at Fenway in 04 drinking a beer. He's that like means 37 he, at minimum. He is, yeah. He's uh, in his early 40s, late 30s. Well, 04 was, 04 was 16 years ago. I, yeah. I, so I'm 30. 21. Oh, yeah. Wow. You did that math real quick. I did yeah. not do that math that quick. Quick, quick. Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay. So, yeah. He's he's at least late, 37. late to... Late to 40, yeah. Yeah. He's Late at a 30s minimum, and 40s. minimum 37 years old. Okay. So he's, he, he's crushing the demo that we're looking for. Again, Sully, yeah. love you, mean it. Thank you for listening. Um, okay, so he's at least 37 if he was there. Yeah. Or he was just had a really good fake or a good friend or family member, I guess. But Hell yeah. He hates Cambridge, into it. Um, what else? I mean, proper glassware. We can tackle that. How yes. do you feel about proper glassware? I don't give a fuck. I am not about the proper glassware, please. Literally every week we drink these beers out of cans. Like if it comes in proper glassware, that's perfectly fine. If I have it in the backyard in a red solo cup, I don't really care. It's my same stance that I have on macro beers. Macro beers, if you want to drink it, just drink it. That's fine. I'm not going to knock you for it. If you want to drink it out of like a paper bag, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's but that's because beer gets too pretentious and people forget that it's just sugar water in a can. What the fuck is a taku? <laughs> 
I dream uh, about that sentence. I think. No, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I uh, I'm a sucker for glassware. I have so many different beer glasses uh, from all these different breweries, tasters, takus, mm-hmm. tulips, the whole nine. I've got them. I have a pretty good grasp, I think, on like what beer is going what. Um, to, but to be frank, I think the or not. I think the only time I use them is when I'm trying to show off and be that pretentious mm-hmm. beer dick. Uh, and then, like, I immediately hate myself. So, like, I don't necessarily care. Like, if you gave me a beer in a can, I'm not going to be offended. If you give me a beer in the wrong glass, I'm absolutely not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm trying to, like, look cool or show off or anything like that, I'm definitely into the proper glassware. With that, do you remember when that scientific vessel Sully talks about was, like, such a big deal? Yep. I remember my my dad has, like, three or four of those. And I'm pretty sure I had a coaster at one point of the scientific theory behind <laughs> Sam Adams' glass. So I have a Bud Light glass here yep. that uh, probably stole. So now you're <laughs> aiding and abetting. Um, but so these, they do it too. You look at the bottom and they have these little like laser like bubbles cut out. And if yep. you look, you pour something in it, those bubbles are always going. So they started a trend. Um, which I mean, I guess good for them, but what a money grab that was. Cause that was a whole crock of shit. Just like just everything think, else that brewery does. I just think instead of, uh, instead of really giving credit to the real Sam Adams people, he gave credit to Sam Adams himself, which is literally my, my favorite part of that voicemail. Shout out to you, Sam Adams. Shout out Sam Rest Adams. You've been dead. You've been dead for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, his voicemails his emails do we want to talk about it do we want to tell everyone about his emails do we want to save some content for social what are we thinking what do you think uh i th- i think uh i don't i i think he's just he's definitely on the i don't care about the proper glassware game no he's just he's just straight up he doesn't even care about space space ufo looking glasses either no if i had to bet money um i would i would wager that um sully has shotgun to treehouse before i and i love every single minute of that sully i feel like is the type of guy he's shotgun to treehouse before that's my guess he just shotgun to treehouse just to make all the treehouse people cry absolutely without a doubt that's uh yeah but to everyone listening and i'm I guess i'm just gonna go for it i'm gonna blow up the spot sully sent us a picture sully had this haul of beers sully sully keeps in contact but sully sent us a picture of all these beers and i don't even have it pulled up i shouldn't have even talked about it do you have it pulled up I can pull it up in a second. No, he I mean, has a hall. He has a hall of all of these uh, Portland beers. Yeah. So he's got. Um, I know he had Lone Pine in there. I saw some. He Bissell. had. Yep, there was Bissell in there. Uh, we asked him if we could post them, and he said, "Yep, you can." But he also not only is it just Sully coming out in Sully fashion. He literally put um, the the most famous of the Boston movies on blast goodwill hunting. And he said, how about Dem apples and sent us all these beers? <laughs> oh my God. Sully, so you're, you're a gem. Keep being you, know, you baby. Wow. This is a high definition picture. Cause I just zoomed in on it and it is just, it is. So Sully is a photographer chef's kiss. He, this is what I know about Sully. Sully is the white knight of craft beer. I know he knows a lot about craft beer because there's some things that he talks about. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock him. I still want these juicy, juicy voicemails. But he is this white knight of craft beer who's just like knock down all the all the pretension in it and just give me the good that good good sugar water. He's he's a he's a, a gift to all of us here and uh I'm happy that that he found us, and wherever you are, Sully, I hope you're listening, and uh, keep it coming. You're you're doing a, a fantastic thing here. <laughs> well, with that, um, I we want all the voicemails that we can get. If you feel inspired after hearing this again, hit us up on Anchor, anchor.fm slash craftbeerhustlers. You can send us your voicemails there. If you want to send us any emails, you can send that to us at craftbeerhustlers at gmail.com so with that we can move on 
Uh, we talked about it earlier. Phase two started in Massachusetts this Monday, uh, which opened up a lot of different places. Uh, a lot of the beer gardens started opening up beforehand, uh, one of which that me and Johnny worked for in the past, and I am now working right now. Castle Island opened up, but also Faces Patio opened up in Malden. Um, trying to think of uh, Harpoon opened up theirs. Cisco uh, opened up in the Seaport. Trillium opened up in their Canton location. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to get on board because obviously COVID has hit us hard. Um, But I haven't been to too many other than Castle Island, obviously. Um, But I was hearing this weekend that people that had gone to others, we had some of the the best um, like cleaning procedures and things like that around, which take pride on that one. That like. Thank you. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm curious as to what other people are doing too, like keeping everything clean. We talked about it in the casinos and everything. Um, so I, I just really don't know. Like we're we're spraying down every table after every guest. We have a ten minute time to sanitize sanitization of the tables. Wow, this is that's a real tough word for me to clean. Make. You have clean. ten minutes to clean clean um we're wearing gloves uh we're serving everyone we don't have anyone coming up to the bars um so we're doing a lot there but johnny what are your feelings on the on the beer gardens opening back up i know you had some thoughts on restaurants opening up and everything like that yeah i mean it's um um i mean i'm obviously not gonna knock any anyone for opening up right these these people have have livelihoods right you need to um, employ people you need to make money for yourself so it's um obviously important that they get up uh and running i think you know me personally again i'm not the most comfortable going out to these places yet and Mm -hmm. as i don't want anyone to judge me you know i'm not going to judge anyone who does so long as you know the places that are opening are following proper guidelines and and the people who are going are following the guidelines and everything like that um you know it'll be interesting to see um you know just kind of how it takes shape i know Phase three, as long as so this was what part two of phase two that just started on Monday and brick and mortar stores and indoor seating. And um, I'll be interested to see. I was reading today that there was an emergency meeting because the North End here in Boston um, opened up and they took over streets and bike lanes, which I think is fantastic. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently they had complaints through the nose about no one social distancing, no one wearing masks, no, uh, you know, none of the restaurants taking like proper cleaning procedures. So they had a meeting about that to kind of see what was going on there. Um, so it's kind of that, that double edge, right? Where you want them to do it, you want them to do it right. But if you're not going to do it right, then sorry, man, you're, gonna, you're, you're out, you yeah. know? And that's, and that's the big thing. Like even me as a service member at this point, uh, we're serving tables where we're bartending, I want to be as clean as possible for the guests to make sure that they feel safe and they feel comfortable. But there's also a responsibility to the people that are coming to these beer gardens to make or not even beer gardens, but restaurants to make sure that you're being clean, that you're treating the rules the correct way, because ultimately we still need to go home to our families as well. And we still need to sit with our loved ones and make sure that they're safe and they're healthy. And we're we're forward facing with a lot more people than just you and you and your six pals that can sit at a table together. So right now we really need to treat this not as, uh, as a, as a gift, but more of a responsibility. Like you still need to be diligent and restaurants themselves should be, should be very, very thoughtful on that as well. Uh, but like you said, I am super pumped that the North end is taking up bike lanes. Like yeah. I love Montreal in the summer because they have their, um, what do they call them? Uh, terraces yeah so, so they can't have rooftop seating but they can have terraces out in the streets frankly last year when businesses and restaurants were talking complaining about not being able to compete with the beer gardens that's what i think restaurants should be allowed to do in the summer sure. take up the streets like there's less people that are working in the city at the time like those outdoor seatings are so awesome like they get you outside they get you enjoying the weather not sitting in a crusty old bar like bellied up not right. doing anything like right. so i think boston should really take notice of that and and really make sure that 
we start looking at these types of things. Yeah. And, and we had said it in one of our first episodes, right? It's just about, you know, injecting some common sense. And then we talked about it mm-hmm. with Comb about things that, uh, uh, you know, we think could stay. And I was reading an article the other day that uh, Texas is already pushing for uh, delivery. So liquor delivery, yep. beer delivery uh, to be permanently allowed. And yeah. again, like Coleman said, and I, I never really thought about it. I've always thought that it should be a thing, uh, but I'd never thought about it like when Colm from the Jeffrey uh, in Manhattan had put it when we had him on. We do that already. We get our food to go. We'll just go to a different brick and mortar spot, buy beer, and then we'll just take both things home. Like, why can't we just do that in one spot? Yeah. So I, I think we'll see some of that stuff. So again, I do think a lot of, you know, obviously over what a hundred thousand people dead at this point or you know so this is a very horrible thing but i do think long term there will be a lot of positives to come out of this uh Mm -hmm. just in how we carry ourselves um in terms of hygiene uh and then how we carry ourselves in terms of our economy and and what we can do to to strengthen it in times of of prosperity for lack of a better term i guess so um but then on the uh, on the flip side you know i'm also seeing i have a large network of friends uh in the service industry in in dallas specifically in texas more broadly and there are people in the service industry down there that are, are that are calling for shit to shut down again because employers are you know not telling other employees or guests when employees are testing positive, they're making these people come into work mm-hmm. while having already tested positive and not telling anyone and forcing them to come in. And if they don't, they lose their jobs. Like this is that opposite side of that, where that greed comes in. And because these places have shut down, they've already lost so much money. They're apt to maybe push the envelope a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something you just got to be weary of. It's that, you know, like you said, this isn't, um, this isn't a gift, right? This, you know, we're not done with this shit just because the weather's nice. You know, don't be mm. an asshole. Wear your mask, wash your hands. And if an employee comes to you and says they're sick, send them home, pay them for two yep. weeks. You know, like this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't someone, you know, fake and sick to go to the beach. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just kind of my two cents on that. I think it, it can go both ways, unfortunately. And I think that, uh, you know, people need to take a greater responsibility when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. You don't get a license just because you turn 16. You get a license because you you followed the rules of the road, you took your classes, you did your driving hours. Like it's the same thing at this point. And the service industry like we we can knock it, but a lot of big corporations are doing it as well where they're they're trying to bend the rules because they've already lost a ton of money, but the service industry is just so forward focused and and more on the front line with everyone. But at that point, we should really be dedicating a lot of our time and effort to making sure that everyone is safe and healthy. And if anything, what you take away in this pandemic, I don't want to get too political, but just take care of one another. Like, I think we've gone too far away from from that. And at this point, just just be kind to your neighbor and, and make sure that you're treating your neighbor the way you'd want to be treated. And that's it. I'm not trying to make this a fucking song, but that's, that is what yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean that, that you couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. So, uh, any other craft beer news you got banging around Johnny? I mean, I, I could go on a rant for about an hour about a topic that, uh, I've been talking with some friends about. I don't know if we want to tackle this here today at all. Um, well, we got some time, so I'm down. I haven't heard it. I heard a blip in a text <laughs> that said, I'm ready to go. Let's record a podcast. So you, you teased it. Let's lay it on. All right. So uh, if at any point, uh, okay, so we should hit the fan, George Floyd. Um, we held off a week. We put that post up. Um, obviously, there have been riots. There have been protests. Uh, in support of, of racial injustice and, and kind of getting rid of that. Um, you know, I don't think anyone is naive to that fact. Uh, as someone who is, whether or not you know, a mixed race human, uh, my father is black, my mother is white. Uh, these things hit home for me, obviously. Um, and not to get too deep into that, it's always been uh, interesting on how I compartmentalize this stuff uh, and, and kind of how it affects me on a personal level. But 
you know, it's uh, I've always been someone who obviously is on the side of social justice and, and social change uh, almost to an annoying degree. Any of my friends will tell you that. Uh, so we have this thing. We've been talking about this this last couple episodes as well with COVID where these breweries are coming together. They did all together now or all together, um, mm-hmm. you know, in support of the Greg Hill Restaurant Fund, which I think was a fantastic uh, endeavor that these breweries took on. And I think, again, a great showing of the type of support breweries can can lend in times of need for their communities and for the broader community. Um, have you seen the beer that that's going around uh, black is beautiful, what these breweries yep. are hopping on with the same in the same vein as that. I think it's the, what is it? A 10% stout yeah, or some, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. 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 No, I've heard of it. Yeah. And I think it's a, I personally think it's a great cause, but uh, again, I also think it's a great cause. I don't think anyone will ever argue that it's a great cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but so me being kind of, you know, with everything going on, I think it's, I personally, and I think a lot of other people are taking the approach that uh, it's time to to call people out, right? When not even necessarily doing something wrong, but maybe when you're doing something the wrong way or when you could be doing a little bit more or something different. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Firstly, this beer, I think the donation that will come from it, just like with All Together, will be absolutely amazing. I think this money will go a long way and will... Uh, I don't think it'll go a long way. I think this money will go somewhere to a foundation to a problem that needs a solution. And I think that's great. And I think that's needed. Uh, But what I started to do and started to look at is all of these breweries, uh, you know, I've asked them to, you know, what does your upper management look like? Like, what does your staff look like? What do your brewers look like? Because you see all these pictures on social media and, everyone's white, which is fine, but everyone's white. And I think we all know everyone who's listening to this craft beer in general has a diversity issue. You know, Mm -hmm. the number of black owned breweries is low. The number of people who identify as black that drink craft beer is low. I think anytime you envision the, the stereotypical craft beer drinker, it's the tall, lanky white guy with the long hair and the curled mustache. Uh, so I think representation as a whole in craft beer is just low, which is not on purpose. I don't think. I just think that's just kind of how it how it happened, how it started. So I've asked these breweries, you know, what does your staff look like? What is your what do your breweries look like? And I not only have I not gotten answers from breweries, I've gotten a lot of uh, backlash. Backlash is strong, but I've gotten responses from people on these posts. That have mostly been like, well, look at the community they're in. We're not this diverse. We're not that, you know, we don't have a lot of black people here. And I think I I get so frustrated because it's such a cop out, right? Like, oh, well, there's only 2% of our population is black. 2% of a population of a city is still a lot of fucking people. Mm -hmm. And so you're just going to tell me that a large number of people just don't have any interest in beer. And if that's the case, like, why? Why don't they have any interest in it? Like, it's not like they don't drink it. So it's either you're telling me none of these people have interest or none of these people drink it. Either way, why? Right? Yeah. And so, and that's kind of the root of my question because in the long term, these donations don't mean shit, right? Because like, yes, this is going to put a bandaid on the problem, but what black people need is equity in the workforce. They need Mm -hmm. these jobs so they can acquire wealth, so they can buy homes, so they can start college funds for their kids, so then their kids can go to college, a good college, and get a job. Like, it, it, it very much isn't particular to brewing, and I understand that, but it's so frustrating to see a segment of the economy that is just so broadly white, all of a sudden, like, oh, well, here's our money. And this is... When you think about it, okay, they're donating the proceeds. You're not even donating your own money. You're yeah. brewing this beer, you're breaking even, and you're taking the money that the consumer gives you and donating it. Like, again, you're doing a good thing, but, like, that time is over to just, like, do fine. Like, mm. you're getting your name out there on this Black is Beautiful beer, which I won't even start on that. Am I the only one that thinks it's weird that it's a stout? It's the summertime. Yeah. Like, why is it a stout? Yeah. 
Like, that's just, and I'm not saying it's racist. I'm not saying it's anything like that. I'm not going to that extreme. But that's like fucking weird. Why is it a stout? Like, that's just, that's mind blowing to me too. But it's like, this isn't, like, the time for just like blind, like, donations and just, okay, well, you know, this is a huge problem and I get it. So I'm going to give it some money. Like, no, you have the ability as a business owner to actually enact real change. This is, for better or for worse, a capitalistic economy that we live in, a capitalistic society as a whole. Mm-hmm. You are one of the like driving forces of change in America. And you're going to sit here and you're going to say, black is beautiful and I'm going to brew this beer, but no black people work in your brewery. Why? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Your communities might be small, but like, why doesn't the demographics reflect in your staff? Yeah. If you only have 1% black people in your community, that's fine. You didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Way worse laws and policies in America's history did that, but we don't have to yeah. get into that. Yeah. But why isn't 1% of your staff black? Yeah. Fine. Okay. To me, that's a cop-out, but I'm not going to argue that. Okay, fine. Well, what if no one's interested? Okay, fine. One, that's a pretty shitty assumption to make that an entire... Yeah ethnicity of people just aren't interested in it because that's how you get to the spot just by assuming that they're not interested. But when you're talking upper management, head brewer, you know, tapper manager, like these are jobs people will relocate for. Yeah. Expand your fucking candidate pool. Like you can't just sit here and and just say, well, no one's here. No one here is interested. So I, I I went back and forth on a post with Allagash. They have over 2,700 posts, 2,600 posts on Instagram. I went back through probably 500. Not one of them has a person of color in any of their mm-hmm. pictures. That day we all did this blackout for George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden they're, they're you know, boosting a, a black blogger, which is great. She needs it like any blogger does. Yeah. But all of a sudden you're going to do that, but you haven't done it the 2000 posts before. Yeah. So it's like, I get it, but like you're a fraud. <laughs> like mm-hmm. to me, you're like, when you do that, you're a fraud. Yeah. Like you've had the ability to do this the entire time. And it's important that people are finally waking up. And I'm so glad that people are, but don't come at me with this money bullshit. Like hire some fucking black people because mm-hmm. that is, that's what's going to enact this. Yeah. Like the money runs out from these donations when these people have jobs and they can build wealth and buy homes and set future generations up for, for success. That's when we see change. That's when we normalize people of color in positions of power. That's mm-hmm. when these numbers uh, of black owned breweries change because if this, you know, you get this black employee in sure, maybe he's on the canning line, maybe he's in the tap room, but he develops the skills that he needs to open his own brewery. Yeah. And then he employ- employs people from his network and his community. And he goes back to his community to open up that brewery yep. and it all spider webs out and it's not easy and it's not simple. And I'm not naive to that, but to just sit here and say, we're going to brew a beer Say hashtag black is beautiful. We're going to make it a stout. That's fucking weird. And then we're just going to donate money and we're going to post an Instagram post with some, you know, black blogger or whatever. It's like, what have you been doing? Where have you been? And it's not easy. And, you know, I'm not sitting here to say that it's super easy for these people. But, you know, like, just fucking do it. Like, Mm -hmm. this money shit, it's like... Money's super important, but people in power have the power to enact real change, and that change doesn't just come from money. Black people need equity in the workforce to build wealth so they can buy homes and send kids to college and start businesses. All right. I'm going to stop there. I'm no, walked I'm, up. I'm, I'm glad you said it all. And I know we had conversations before moving into the week that that we went into the blackout and, and right now I'm still as myself as a identifying as a white male, I obviously don't go through these hardships. I just watched a video today. Um, it was a TikTok of a guy saying that being white is like being right-handed and it's because everything around the world was created in for you and it was built for you and things like that yeah, and buy someone else on the backs of other people for free by the way exactly it's like and that's why we had those conversations before the other week where 
I said, look, I need to take a step back and I don't need to be a vocal point right now. And I don't need to listen right now. And I think you're absolutely correct. And I've been thinking some, some of the same stuff with this black is beautiful. I think as a white male, I think it's great. We're, we're being able to inject money into a, a great cause and things like that. And I know you're not saying that, but it's true. It's true that putting people in positions of power that are people of color in order to give them the skills and the skill sets that they need to succeed in an industry that they love is what we need to be doing rather than not focusing on just a donation here or there and then sweeping it under the rug and saying, okay, the problem's gone now. We donated all this money. Right. Like donations so, are great. Money's needed for a lot mm-hmm. of these organizations to continue to do what they're doing. But that money is, is that money is finite. When we get people jobs and when we get normalize people of color in positions of power, that's when everything starts to change. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the scary part for a lot of people, I think, that are already in power. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not saying just hand these jobs to people, right? Like change your hiring practices, like change yeah. the way you recruit, change where you recruit. You know, a lot of these people, I think, or a lot of these jobs are jobs that people would relocate for. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think it's such a cop out. And then you hear, like I said, I said it earlier, like when you start, oh, well, what if they're just not interested? That is the, that's the shittiest assumption you could ever make. Like, why do you just assume that none of these people are interested? And that's how we get in this mindset and how we start to come to accept these things about like why things are the way they are. And it's just, it's, we can't do that anymore. It's just, it's the time for that to be over was like centuries ago. Yeah, but like the time is like right now. Like, and yeah. I'm not saying just throw a dart at a you know at a black dude and say, okay, we need we have a position we need filled. You're going to do it. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there are people out there that are qualified and that would yeah. happily take these jobs. And that's a game if, changer for the entire for the entire thing. And if you can make assumptions on your demographic for who's not who is and who isn't interested in your positions that you have in your tap room. You're making the same as assumptions for your consumer base as well. Which is, again, I don't think it's done at fault or maliciously, but that is exactly what's being done. Yeah, You see that. And, I think what the last study of the Brewers Association did was in 2018. Or was it 18%? Mm-hmm. I'll Google it now. I think 18% of, black, uh, 18% of craft beer drinkers were identified as black. Mm-hmm. And it's like 18% of just... It's mind-boggling, given that how how craft beer has just blown up, that it mm. still has only blown up in the demographic of white people. Yeah, and that's why, again, why a couple of weeks ago I I wanted to take a step back, and and I'll take fault for that as well. That uh, and we had these conversations, but I felt I was talking too much and I wasn't listening enough, and I'm trying to get better at listening, and I'm. Yeah trying to focus more on on others voices um and it's hard it's not easy because it's just something that i blindly went past and not even think about it and once you can start tackling your own problems with your mindset and even like your bigotries you can start seeing a hell of a lot more and a hell of a lot more in other people yeah and it's like, you know, I go off in this shit and I understand that it's not easy. It's not easy for me. I'm not saying it's easy for me. It's not easy for anyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you just take a second, you know, and I, this is kind of even getting off on a tangent, but it's like, you know, I, I talked about the time it's, to, it's time to call people out and it's time to call people out on racism. Not that like, yeah. not that what's happening in the brewing industry is that, but I like people get so defensive about it, understandably, but it's not like a permanent state of being. It doesn't have to be a permanent state of being. You know, someone, you say something, you do something. Someone Mm -hmm. says, Hey, that's a little racist. They probably tell you why you get defensive for a minute because it's a natural reaction. Take a deep breath. You say, fuck, it probably is a little racist. And then you just don't do that shit anymore. Like when someone does something like that, kudos, like I'm not, that doesn't change my opinion of you. I mean, in fact, it probably changed my opinion of you in a positive way because you had the ability to take a second and just kind of ingest what just happened and regurgitate it and like retain it Mm -hmm. and understand like why you can't do that or shouldn't do that. 
like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a permanent state of being like just take a deep breath realize that you made a mistake like so many people do and just like learn from it it's it's just mm-hmm. i don't think it's difficult no that part of That's it difficult. is not difficult everything That's else it. in this scenario is pretty fucking difficult that is the easiest thing yeah i'm going to end that there though okay well no i think it was i think it was great segment for what's been going on and a lot of pent up stuff and i'm glad cuz we haven't been able to talk about this stuff and we haven't been on this together in 3 weeks now um because or it's probably been longer than that at this point but yeah, yeah. um but you know i again i think it's perfect so craft beer hustlers episode 4 just the hustlers themselves thank you so much for tuning in thank you for listening to the gambling thank you for listening to sully thank you for listening to the craft beer reopening and the problems that we're having in craft beer that we need to point out to people we truly appreciate you guys so if you could if you haven't yet follow us on our social medias instagram and facebook we are the craft beer hustlers on twitter we are cbh underscore pod and just remember to rate, comment, and subscribe to our Apple podcasts. Follow us on Anchor. Follow us on Spotify. Seriously, the rates, comments, and subscribes help us so, so, so much. Anything else you need to put in there, Johnny? No, I love you all. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> Don't be sorry for that rant. I think it is truly needed. And again, guys, the next episode following this episode dropping is July 1st. Again, thank you so much, and thank you so much for listening to Craft Beer Hustlers. See you later, guys. It was a dream. You cannot mess with the pain. This is like this many rings. Y'all know what I mean. This for the kids of the king of all kings. This is the holiest thing. This is the beat that played under the word. This is the sheep that ain't like what it hurt. This is officially first. This is the third. This is